Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Bloody Brilliant Podcast. I'm Jamie and as always joined by Emma. How are you doing? I am great, thank you. How are you, Jamie? Oh, I'm doing bloody brilliant. I mean, hey. I mean, there you go. I just love how the fact as well, like most people that are actually watching this video can actually see that knife behind you. It looks like it's just sticking out of your arm. So as we discussed two weeks ago, um, as I always forget what the word is, it's fortnightly, we do episodes fortnightly, um, we said that we we're going to talk about prom night, so um, we're having a little discussion before about prom night to say, 14 years ago in 2007 my prom night was it was an emotional time like just finishing high school dressed up got a limo it was great did you have a limo for your prom night no uh i got driven by my neighbor i i'm not gonna lie i really didn't want to go to prom um I you could tell by to... your like facial expressions from the pictures yeah i uh, <laughs> i was deputy head girl so i kind of had to go um and then like give out the awards and stuff but other than that yeah i would have really not been fussed to go or not but it's one of those things everybody goes kind of have to mm. go don't you just to, to be we mates well this is the thing as well because i wasn't too fussed about prom or graduation when i graduated from university i was like what's so fat what's so funny about it? i have to pay 80 quid to get a cap and gown go to it wait five hours before my name gets called and then you're not even allowed to throw your hat in the air so like what's the point so yeah. I went, obviously, but you know. It's a very, it's definitely one of those things that is um, obviously with this this uh, this film. It's very American. It's a very American tradition, which has kind of made its way over into into the the UK. But um, I can see like graduation. I get because it's you know you're all celebrating that you finished your your like degrees and things like that. But um, yeah, I, prom I can do without. Yeah, I could have done without. I just love the fact with, with prom as well because they always do like punch bowls in America and stuff, don't they? I, I don't know what the alternative over here because could you imagine like in the UK just a like some Ribena just in a massive glass bowl? But um, <laughs> it, it's just a weird concept, especially within the UK. And they always do the prom for high school, so you're too young to drink. Even in the UK, you're under the age of eighteen, whereas obviously yeah. in America it's twenty-one. So it's like, all right, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely, again, one of those, uh, it's a social thing, isn't it? I think uh, people ride a lot on the social aspect of it, you know, are you going with a date, are you not going with a date, where did you get your dress from, what does it look like, what colour is it, things like that. Well, in my case, wearing a dress. Um, and then obviously for, for yourself, it'd be getting a suit, are you wearing, getting a limo, are you going with someone, are you going to be mates? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I went with a group of guys. I think there was about eight of us in this limo and then we stayed up all night and then it was great. Um, but then you get all these films like in America, like American Pie and stuff where it's like, oh, it's your prom, you've got to do all of this kind of thing. It's like, I don't know. It's um, I don't, it's not that big over here. Um, for no. These, for things like, oh, I'm going to lose my virginity by prom. Like, nobody cares in the UK. Yeah, we don't so. care. We don't but, care at all. But any excuse I, to party, any excuse. That's definitely a UK tradition. Anything. What is the beer? Yeah, let's do it. Why let's do not? It. But unfortunately, we're not here to talk about our own prom night. We're here to talk about the 1980 slasher movie directed by Paul Lynch, 
Prom Night. Not that 2008 remake that, you know... Do you know anything about the remake, by the way? It's a completely different storyline. I was reading up on it. And it's, so, it's, besides Britney Snow, I love Britney Snow, but... I was just about to say, that's literally all I know about it, that it is Britney Snow. It's not... It, it was one of those ones that I kind of skipped. Anything that's kind of like around a prom or like sorority sisters, things like that, I just can't, I can't be bothered to watch. I don't find them quite as interesting. Um, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised by this one. Maybe because it's an 80s like spin on it rather than uh, the 2000s. Yeah, I think it was a completely different story. When I was reading the plot for it, I wanted to see if it would still follow the same conventions as the other one. The only thing that's similar is it's at a prom night when the killings happen really but that's literally it uh, all the character names have changed uh, the stories change leslie nielsen's not in it so you know i mean you say that but in general <laughs> leslie nielsen's in it about 10 minutes so he was, such yeah, a, but he's he was great <laughs> he's such a big brand so this is the, one of the things that i kind of noted was that he's such a big name for the time obviously you know second to you know Jamie Lee Curtis, but he, he was hardly in it. I was like, oh, two scenes yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, I think this was before he moved to comedy as well, I think, with his drama right. roles, because he was quite big in drama and then decided to go down the comedy route with The Police Squad and Naked Gun and Airplane. I think this was just before he did Airplane, so I say Airplane is 1980 as well. But Leslie Nielsen was always a straight actor who did all these serious films. And he was, fun fact, top billing for this film. He was the first name on the call sheet. Very nice. So, and like I said, he was only in it for 10 minutes. Only even though he minutes. was number one on the call sheet. Above <laughs> Jamie Lee. Again, again, that's one of those kind of things of, you, 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 we spoke about this last time, where uh, they sort of pitch a lot of promotions on one person who ends up not actually being in the film for for that much i mean play it right you know to be fair you know people are gonna come yeah and i think a lot of the things maybe it would be i mean i mean let's get into it. i mean before before we do properly go into it i just want to put out the spoiler alert obviously if you haven't watched this film what what are you doing listening to this podcast let's pause it pause it right here go watch it and we'll see you again in like 90 minutes because it's only about 85 minutes so stop Go watch it and then come back to us and we will see you then. For everyone who has watched it or don't care about spoilers, maybe that's some people are like that, then why? I don't get it. But, you know, the spoilers are like the twist of the, one of the best parts about the film. So from this point now, spoilers are in effect. We are in a spoiler zone. So anyway, the killer. <laughs> no, but that's what I was going to say, though. We've led the Nielsen to be the top villain and not in it so much. I know there was that aspect of there where maybe he is the killer, that's why he's been that top villain, that's why he's not been, because he had the mask in his office, he wasn't around when any of the killings were there, it was his daughter that died at the start of the film. I was going to say, I was like, we've kind of skipped a lot. I know, of yeah, I was, I was just, just going about <laughs> Leslie Nielsen there, but Fair we'll enough. go back to the beginning in a minute, but uh, that, that that's why I was saying maybe that's why he got first billing, because he was a red herring, but... True, very true. But, I mean, we will start at the beginning. It's the best place to start. Um, what a crazy and scary game to play in a mental asylum, school. What I mean, I don't know what that building was, but... It's a, it said, I'm sure they referenced it to being an old factory of some sorts. But it did yeah. look like a school. Um, you know, prime place for kids to play. A dilapidated building. Love that. Great yeah. place. Um, 
catch you know catch uh, killers coming, which I'm guessing I'll, I've never heard of it before, but uh, similar to hide and seek. Except you're just going to shout abuse and go kill, kill, kill. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very everybody. aggressive game for children. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd be scared too if I had come across a group of four kids just shouting kill at me. To be yeah. completely fair. Yeah, just the one thing like that. No, I'm going to jump jump the gun a little bit again. Sorry, you'll get used <laughs> to this. But obviously, it starts with the film with the three of them. You've got Jamie Lee Curtis's character and so her two got, siblings at the start. You've got Kim, Kim Alex, um, the, uh, the brother, and then um, Robin. Robin, yeah. So you got them three going in, and she's like, I want to go play in there. And it's like, all right, yeah, I think Billy's in there or something. Is that cool? All right. And then Jamie Lee just leaves her. Then she dies. And then when it goes into present day, four years later, she's best friends with these people. So, so yeah. So <laughs> maybe, a little, uh, yeah, because I have, I have comments on this. So a little bit of context is that uh, there's, four there's four children playing in a dilapidated building. There is um, Nick, there's one boy and three girls, Nick, Jude, um, Kelly, and then uh, the main girl of, going to have to help me, I had a name written down, and I can't remember what it is now. So you had Nick, Wendy, is it Wendy? Wendy, Wendy, it's Wendy. Um, yeah. So a uh, group of four kids all playing a game. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis's um, younger self in it, um, the character of Kim, is walking past these kids playing the game with her her twin um, younger siblings, Alex and Robin, um, but has to run back to school to go collect something. Robin decides she wants to go and investigate and maybe join in the game, and one thing leads to another, and there is an accident, and sadly Robin um, falls out of a window and dies. Um, the kids decide to leave it um, and not tell anyone that they've been there. Um, I mean, understandably, I guess, as children probably would be scared in that situation to talk to someone. Though um, it is noted that Nick does say that he wants to go get someone to help. And and then uh, Wendy, being the uh, typical mean girl, decides, nope, we're going to go home. We're just never, ever, ever going to talk about this. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of... Uh, if I was if I was Kim's character, the the amount of like up like you would be um, devastated. Obviously, I feel like you'd kind of feel partially responsible as well. Mm -hmm. um, but she, like you said, she doesn't seem to uh, to have any of that ill feeling because she ends up being best friends with all of these. Uh, well, with uh, three of these four people, um, she ends up actually dating Nick, doesn't she? Later in the film, yeah. um, and going to prom with him. And going to prom with him, which then takes us to uh, to her being prom king, uh, prom queen, and king with him, which slightly just off topic. I always thought from all of the other American stuff that I've consumed that you found out who your prom king and queen were on the night, mm -hmm. but these two knew who were prom that they were going to be prom king and queen before they went. So I was a bit thrown by that. I was like. They're just very yeah. organised at this school. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put it out as a little bit different, maybe, in because this film was in the 1980s, and it is a Canadian film. Maybe it's different in Canada. I don't know. Maybe. So, 
maybe. But yeah, like you said, they always find out. You have to vote for them, and then they'll be announced, and then they'll have their first dance and stuff. You know, as it always is during these prom movies that we've actually watched. Yeah. Uh, from your these teen films and stuff like Mean Girls, like I said, Katie, and stuff like that as well. Um, but yeah, it was a bit strange. So, oh, you're gonna practice your entrance and dance and stuff. It was like, all right, <laughs> cool. No problem. I mean, there was a full dance routine. I think that was possibly one of my favourite scenes. The full dance routine. Jamie Lee Curtis, crazy. What moves? Get rid of more dancing related films. The best thing Mercedes like says, we need to do this for Halloween. <laughs> we need to learn this dance <laughs> and do it for Halloween. I was like, Jesus. That is, uh, that is dedication, that is. Yeah. But if we go back, um, what I was saying, like I said, it's, I just find it weird that she befriends these people and starts dating them and I'm pretty sure she knows who's in that building so surely she should suspect it was something with them because obviously somebody got arrested for it um, and obviously locked up in an, in an, like an asylum didn't he? Um, yeah for, I think uh, it's a lot of these I think she knew at least Nick was there because she only saw Nick from the outside she didn't really know who was inside mm-hmm. um, and also for all she knew, uh, she had sent Alex and Robin back home and Robin had decided to break up from Alex and stay, whereas Alex had carried on on his, his merry way. Um, I think my my perspective was that how could they live with themselves six years later and be best friends with this family? I mean, you know, we, we come to find out that this is the principal's family of their high school that they, that they end up going to. So it, that mm. constant reminder of your best friends and dating the, the older sister of, what you know, this uh, this little girl that's died. Um, you're also obviously under the, the, the ruling of this principal as well. It's just I definitely would break under that kind of pressure of well. keeping that secret. Later on in the film, I know Nick does start having a little bit of regrets. I know it was six years later, but, you know, he's still like, oh, it's prom night. I want to tell you what happened. That was six years ago for prom night. So special. I want to tell you, I I feel like I really need to. He didn't get a phone call, though, did he? Like, he walked out before his phone call actually happened because at the start of the film, all of these people that were involved were getting these phone calls from the voice going, Yeah, and I think, I think, um, that kind of gives him a bit of a character development because he's obviously doing it off his own back rather than uh, yeah. being instigated by uh, this phone call. Um, this uh, this phone call that uh, you know happens on the day of prom, which is also coincides with um, the um, six year anniversary. The six year anniversary, but also the day that the um, the criminal who'd been jailed for the for the crime for the for the killing had escaped. So there's a lot of things going on. We've got an anniversary, we've got prom night, and we've also got um, uh, someone out on the loose that's uh, potentially going to come and hunt people down. As so the police thought, who again, there was a lot of tropes being hit in this film. We've got Principal's daughter, we've got, um, uh, he's the son of, uh, Nick is the son of the detective of the the case as well. Um, You know, an overly religious um, sort of uh, virgin character all these different things i was just like ticking these boxes as we went i was like there it is well this is it as well because it was 1980 and it's definitely one of the earlier influences within the slasher genre um because i think before that there was arguably two or three 
like slasher films before it one being halloween if you count texas chainsaw and what i regard as the first slasher film because i don't i don't i don't regard texas chainsaw as a slasher film sorry um <laughs> is black christmas that for me is the first official slasher movie and then you've got like 1960s peeping tom in the cycle is like the grandfather of them all they didn't know what they were but they were the the foundations of the slasher movie which then became after your italian gelato films in 1974 and then prom night like i said off the success of jane lee curtis from terror train and halloween she did this film and basically became a screen queen but yeah i think i think uh this could be controversial. Uh, I prefer Jamie Lee Curtis in this than I did in Halloween. I kind, I had, I, I had, I just wanted to like her character so much. Whereas, like, I wasn't really fussed one way or another with Laurie. I mean, I, you know, you, you, you do appreciate Laurie as a character. She's a very strong character, she's a very good character. But I don't know. There's just something about Kim. I think it was very. There was a, definitely a family vibe with the whole film. Obviously. Um, when you suffer trauma in that kind of family um, sense, you would become close with uh, with your brother and your, your parents and things like that. So I think it was it was it was nice to have more of a uh, a family setting for this character because obviously Laurie's quite an independent character um, in that sense. Whereas it was nice for Kim to be a little bit more family connection and kind of be fleshed out a bit more in that aspect. Thanks. Um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you see her family in Halloween, do you? Because obviously she's just a babysitter. Uh, yeah, I think she speaks to her parents once. Like she shouts to them down the stairs. I think that's mm. literally about it. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's I think that was what I, I liked about it um, about her. Also, she just seemed very much. It was very much more of a you know a happy go lucky teenager. She's running around the corridors in school. She's got her friends. You know, they're planning their. Uh, the prom nights very like formal though for a high school student she was getting dressed and she was walking in. i was like is she a teacher here i don't know I, well, because she was proper dressed up wasn't she? i've I literally like... got a note here that is like <laughs> i love kim's school outfit she had those she had those fitted jeans and she had the 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 uh, the, the like really nice what i would call a grandma shirt it was very frilly very very embroidered and then she had that really nice fitted like Oh, I'm just going to talk about her clothes for a sec because they were they were sick. I'd wear that outfit. Her hair is amazing as well. Also, she goes. I know this is a film. It's not like it's supposed to be believable or anything like that. She literally she goes, has PE, sweats, has a shower, and then her hair is amazing. She's just come out of the hairdressers after leaving the girls' changing room. I was like, I wish my hair looked like that after like the dream, anything. It? It's the dream. She had the best hair as well. Honestly, yes. I mean. You want to talk about the best hair, I mean, you want to talk about the best facial hair and stuff like that or whatever. I mean, you can't look any further. Sorry, my computer started to just go a little bit crazy. <laughs> you can't look any further than that. I mean, look at that. Oh, I mean, look at that face. I mean, when he turned up, I was like, what is happening right here? Am I watching Hills of Eyes? I don't know what's going on here. But, um, yeah, I can't remember the character's name. I don't Lou. know who Lou. Like, Jesus remember. Christ, that monobrow. I, I remember because uh, I mentioned to you before we went live. I watched this with um, with Eloise. She will contest the actual pure. I hated him. 
I just every time he was on the screen, I was like, don't touch her. Anyone, even he was like in a scene with Kim, and he's like, he's just like touching her back of and then like slapping her butt, and I was just like, don't touch her, don't touch her. And then even when he was with the one character that I couldn't hate any more than him, but Wendy, I was still like, don't touch her. Ugh. Don't in that car it. scene with the um, with the the waitress coming over, and it's like sort of whatever you want, and he's like, oh, two burgers, yeah, they're there. <laughs> Don't hated him, hated him, hated him, hated him, and I think that was obviously very good acting because I just hated him so badly. Yeah. I wanted to punch him every time he came on the screen. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> Should we put him back on there? No, <laughs> don't. But it, it was it was just very much one of those things of like he 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 just looked dirty as well. And I, oh. you can definitely tell Patrick Verona took his looks off him. Who? Patrick Verona in 1999, Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh yes, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? Who? Heath Ledger in Heath Ten Ledger. Things I Hate About You. you I mean, look at him. You've, you've got the comparison. Look at that. You couldn't. Heath Ledger would never be able to get to that level because he's too <laughs> handsome a man. You just and uh, do you know what? No, 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 nothing against uh, the you know the the uh, the, the actor that played Lou because I, I went and googled him afterwards and I was like, they definitely made him more ugly on purpose in this film because he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't look like that away from the film. And I was just like, oh, how how upsetting would it be? You go into a casting office and they're like, fantastic. You're the right shade of ugly <laughs> that we need. Just, you are fantastic. I'd be like, oh, that's very offensive. I wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, I mean, you were talking how he, like, say, touched Kim or he kept quite groping and obviously starting fights stuff. He was a nasty character. But in the end, he got his comeuppance. I mean, that bit towards the end. I mean, we're jumping ahead again, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to it. But it was it was head rolling. Uh, exactly, head rolling. <laughs> I think as well. Again, you know, like how you're saying this is very this is very um, early days for for slash films and things like that. The kills in this film. I think I think we're in some good time where we can kind of jump ahead. You know. The daytime, the kids are getting like kind of mess around with. Someone's leaving pictures of them in their lockers, so mm-hmm. on so forth. Um, but when it gets the the real, the film really starts about half an hour in when you get to the prom, and it's just where everything starts to go a bit haywire. And uh, yeah, he definitely had one of the better kills, and I was so happy, so happy when he was gone. And I was yeah, like, I he think, got his comeuppance. I think one of my favourite kills in it, it gets shown a lot. I think it was in the in the Search of Darkness um, documentary as well. Is the one in the. Um, the one in the it's car, in the van. yeah, yeah, and they just open the van up and just like, but I mean, even that guy, Josh Gad, want to be over there. I mean, how oh, did he get here? Slick, slick, zone. <laughs> so, again, you know, that you, you said that you'd seen that kill before. I, I definitely said that, and I, when I saw it, I was like, yes, I know what's about to happen. I know what's about to happen, and I was, it was just as good seeing it in the actual context of the film as it is when you see it as a, um, yeah. as like a clip. But um, I just don't be so mean. You know, she want she wanted a date. This 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 lovely gentleman comes and drives up next to her. He's got a van. You know, he he drives. He if that happened nowadays, you'd run. Yeah, I mean, if a guy kind of like drove up next to you in a in a ratty old van, you want to go to prom? You want to go to prom? Uh, no, I want to go away from I'm you. Slick. Yeah, 
he get, do you know who he reminded me of? You know, um, you know Marge's prom date in Simpsons. Jesus, uh, no, <laughs> maybe a very long time ago. I forget what his I name think. is, but he—that's who he reminded me of. I think it was the curly hair and the glasses. That, like but, it oh, reminded no, me of Josh yeah. Gad a little bit. I get where you're coming with that one as well, but um, yeah. you know, I felt a bit bad. He—he he had no reason to get attacked. I felt very bad for him. All he did was was go guilty by association with uh, with Jude. But yeah, uh, I mean, he didn't get killed by the killer, though, did he? I think it was mainly. I mean, he died by driving away and then going off the cliff. But you know, <laughs> I was going to say the killer kind of like instigated him to drive him, yeah. off the cliff. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have to. He could have turned, reversed. He could have done anything really. But well, true. I mean, you've got to think as well. Like the killer, obviously, we haven't, we haven't told you who it is yet. But he was very. Well, they were very limber. I mean, jumping all over the place, getting from like wherever they were having coitus all the way back to the prom. <laughs> I mean, well, sorry. I mean, it's a, it was, it's a PG podcast. It's not. They were getting, they were getting their steps in. That's for sure because, um, you know, they went all the way outside to the cliffside to go kill, uh, Jude. They'd already, they had already killed, uh, Kelly, in, who had like, probably who's a virgin, most, who's a virgin, um, but also she had probably one of the most like wet lettuce boring kills she got stabbed in the neck but she had the breasts she had the boobs out she did she was the one that had the boobs out um i mean we got jamie lee curtis and her in bra earlier in the scene and then it was just typical 80s full-on boobs um but which again like if you talk about slasher stereotypes the virgin usually survives whereas she refused to have sex with the guy who was forcing himself on her and then still died Canada just don't follow any rules. Like, I mean, virgins yeah. aren't safe either. True. But when you know, when you've got a price to pay for something that you did, it kind of it sets the rules again for these kinds of films like um I know what you did last summer. You know, four four people did something bad, didn't tell any I mean, you know, the different isn't there about there was still an accident either. anyway, because besides the point. But um, you know, it kind of like and you know, they're they're paying the price later down the line. Um but, uh, but yeah, Kelly's was, yeah, it was neither here nor there. It was just a bit meh. Um, I think that was the first kill as well, weren't it? And then it all just went uphill from there. Uh, well, yeah, literally, like, with each one. So there was Kelly, and then, like I said, he kind of ran outside and went and did uh, Jude and Slick, and then came back again, and then it was the chasing with Wendy through the school. Which is great. Which was great. But also, I was kind of sat there like, if you're going to have a prom in the school, surely you'd lock all the doors. You wouldn't just let the kids kind of wandering around in the science department, would you? Well, they locked all the outdoor stuff, didn't they? Like, they chained all those doors. Like, well, that's fire hazard, surely. Well, yes, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> yes. I mean, if there's a fire in that prom, I mean, I mean, they were burned. They were tearing it up on that dance floor. There could have been a fire. I mean, they were on fire during <laughs> that dance scene. So there well could have been a fire. And then where would they have gone? They had nowhere to run. Well. But I blame the principal blame the principal he did kind of disappear at one point which like you said you know kind of outlined like a well we kind of already struck him off the list because you said leslie Nielsen was a red herring so he was on the list but also struck off the list at the same time um but we also had um the janitor who these poor this poor janitor those kids were horrible to him I, why, why, is it always, why you always got a girl who just like basically just pulled her pants down and went, Look at my bum, don't you want it? I'm pre- 
pretty sure that is like a, that she just you know that's a crime somewhere <laughs> she flashed him <laughs> poor man um but yeah i just yeah i felt uh, you know we've got the principal was kind of like put as a hair in and then you had a you know the janitor where there was some shots where it was a bit like oh he's looking a bit dodgy um and then obviously we had the 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 gentleman that had a escaped from the uh, from the um the institution yeah. I, think, I think sorry you go first i was just gonna say with, with the with the janitor as well i thought maybe he was gonna have like a heroic moment where he would come in like save the day or sacrifice himself to save the kids but that never happened and then if you look later on in like teen slasher movies like say urban not uh, yeah urban legend if you look right at the start you've got the guy in the um in the petrol station like there's someone in the back seat like that that yeah. whole kind of thing like trying to save them and he's just a nice guy Brad who Dory. obviously yeah but yeah I, I, it's it's one of those things of you know you shouldn't judge a book by this cover it's definitely one of them um but yeah I think it, he did try, he tried, he tried later in the film, mm -hmm. he did come in and kind of explain to uh, the head teacher and everyone, like, there's, there's a killer in the school. Troll um, in the dungeon! Basically, he came busting <laughs> in talking about troll in the dungeon. Um, but um, I was I was reading up some of the, you know, Amazon tries to tell you, not tries, well, it does tell you, a little bit of trivia, <laughs> and it was saying that, um, obviously, at the, at the end of Wendy's extremely long, like, kind of evasion scene um of um, evading the killer she ends up locking herself in a um in a sort of like st stationary cupboard like a like a essentially where all the janitor's tools would be um yeah. and apparently there's like a shadow because yeah. I, I saw a breathing man i thought it was him but uh, that was never really talked upon with with the breathing up and down like because i don't know if when you rewatched it you actually saw this figure in the corner there was definitely some kind of shadow there breathing so so this is what I was. This is what I was kind of leading on to say. Um, is that apparently it's supposed to be? It's supposed to be the janitor, and mm. that's that's how he ends up being able to go and warn the party that you know there's a killer because he ends up seeing yeah. Wendy being killed. But um, whether that is is true or not, that's just what kind of one of those little tidbits of information Anyone that Amazon put puts in. On there, yeah, so. they'll just say anything. Like yeah, it was totally meant to be that. <laughs> totally wasn't a you know a gaff on that. Yeah. But yeah. I know you were really excited to talk about it. So let's talk about that dance scene because, I mean, it was a full song, wasn't it? I mean, it wasn't just like an excerpt of a song. It was basically like, all right, let, let's do this. And yeah. it was just a massive, like, disco theme. I mean, granted, we are coming out of the, the 70s, going into the 80s. So it's understandable, like, the 1980s still going to have this disco theme in there. But, I mean, it was one hell of a dance. Like, so Jamie Lee could move. Absolutely, and she gave us a little bit of a taste at the beginning of the film, obviously her practising on the dance floor. Just, you know, uh, another thing that I said whilst I was watching it is when when did uh, when did people stop dancing like that? When did it become uncool to just literally just go crazy on the dance floor? Because even the men, like a lot of the boys were like proper going for it as well, and I was like, yeah, go on then. You have a dance. She's just, just, just floss and dab now. Yeah. <laughs> or just two-stepping. Just kind of pointing just, uh, everywhere. With the fist out, just like, yeah. Uh, uh, Drinking uh. hand. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely, it was definitely, it was a nice prom. Though I, did un I didn't understand why there were so few students. It was a very small prom. And I was like, I would have thought this place would be absolutely rammed if it's supposed to be juniors 
and um, I forget what the higher ones are called. We got juniors and seniors. You got freshmen. Seniors. Yeah, yeah. and you got freshmen and yeah. Yeah, it's just seniors, isn't it? The last one, yeah. Freshmen's like when you first start. Then yeah. it's your juniors, then it's your seniors. Yeah, so it must be a very small school, but um, but yeah, it was very nice. You know, the whole ceremony and stuff. Um, a kind of uh, going back to the uh, the sort of practicing aspect of the the crowning. There's a bit where um, Nick pulls a prank on the tennis teacher who is like orchestrating them and he pretends to strangle her from behind like actually put his arms around her and I was thinking if that happened in real life absolute exclusion on the spot you would not Mm -hmm. even remotely close to your teacher like that no matter what kind of relationship you had though as well (laughs) is it but um yeah especially in front of other students as well but Again, I think it was just adding this extra red herring thing into it, saying, oh, maybe mm. maybe it's him. Because, I mean, I'm not sure if you remember, but from the movie Scream in 1996 in the video store, Randy says, if the police just watch Prom Night, they will save time. There's a formula to it, a very simple formula. So it is referenced at that point as well, but... <laughs> So but, I think maybe that's leading to the boyfriend, but obviously, spoiler, it wasn't the boyfriend. It wasn't the boyfriend. So we're, we're slowly sort of like, you know, scoring people off this list. I think, um, you know, th- there was quite a few kills. Some people just got in the way, like uh, poor Slick and uh, no sympathy for but Lou, kind of just got in the way of the, the end goal, which was to completely eradicate those four people that had had <laughs> fantastic, fantastic work. <laughs> it, it really looked very realistic the, the actual like flaps of uh, skin and such but um yeah absolute hysteria of everyone running out of their, their place um to which then we have the final encounter around um kim nick and the killer as everyone else is like evacuated um yeah. an axe is involved i also would have been in kim's position if uh you know my boyfriend was getting tackled to the ground by a master assailant. I wouldn't want to swing just in case I hit a boyfriend. Yeah. Um, but she swung true, and uh, she managed to hit the assailant, which ended up bringing the uh, the sort of crescendo of the whole thing. I was going to say, did... like, you had that moment of just like the whole. Yeah, <laughs> that was very much a, a very cheap. Sort of, yeah, that way. Um, but I think that kind of like I've just moved my pillow. Oops. Um, <laughs> that I think it kind of like cemented the whole. I don't want to give too much away. I I liked it. I liked that moment there. But I would have rewritten the ending personally. Did you guess the killer? And at what point did you guess it was the person under the mask? Um. Yes, I did. We. Yes, I did. Uh, myself and Eloise did. Um, He's did not form- behind that DJ desk. <laughs> Where well, <is> he? <laughs> well, it was to do with um, when they were um, they were attacking Jude and Slick, and it was seen to be quite a um, you know a, a thinner built person with very trendy shoes on. And I was like, 
that doesn't strike me as someone who's kind of been, you know, like someone who's just been able to um, escape an institution um, and is probably running around in the clothes that they've escaped in. Um, so I was like, hmm, starting to sort of pull the lines there. And like I said, it was quite a, a thin, a thin built person. So I was like, it kind of rules out someone older. So that mm-hmm. was kind. Of, that was where we were like, yeah, it's, it's that person. It's that person. That's who it is. And then obviously it's kind of cemented in the whole the eye scene, and Kim's very yeah. upset. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know obviously the um, you had so many red herrings in there. Whether that be the boyfriend earlier on, uh, the father, and and the um, the original, I say killer, the one that got locked up because of it all. However, in the remake of Prom Night 2008, mm-hmm. the killer, well, basically what happens is Britney Snow's character gets assaulted by somebody and then they get locked away. And then three years later, he breaks out to get revenge. And it is him. Okay. No, nothing else. Like, like, that's literally it. Like, it's completely different. It's not her brother or anything. It's not um, her, like, sister or brother that's been killed. It's basically she's been attacked, and this killer's gonna come out and basically get revenge and try and try and get her. There was no like hidden like twist or anything like that. And I think it just goes to prove. I mean, if you wanna have a quick look at that right there on the remake of Prom Night 2008, scoring a whopping seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a thirty-eight percent of spilled popcorn. So, I mean, compared to that, I mean, this this Prom Night. Got 50% 1980s version, 50%, 35% spilled popcorn as well. Not a lot of people liked it. But fun fact, during that time, it was the highest grossing Canadian film of all time. It made $1.5 million in the budget to $17 million in the box office, which I was reading a little article in this little sexy book I've got here in the special edition <laughs> of Prom Night, was $1 million less than the budget for Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. So it couldn't wow. even funded Star Wars. It couldn't have funded Star Wars, the box office. So there you go. I think, um, obviously, once we discuss uh, the final killer aspect of it, um, there was definitely a couple of things that I would have like re. I would have rejigged a bit. And reading through the, the the trivia on it, it seems like a lot was kind of cut out, which might have brought context to a later point. Um, but also for the same fact, I'm also quite happy that some points were taken out because it it would have ruined the film a lot earlier than what it, it you know it was. Um, but it, I mean, it was shot in 24 days. What can there's there's only so much you can uh, you can create. And and to say that, I think it's beautiful shot film, especially in the 80s. I think the the color palettes and everything's amazing in it. And with such a small um, you know setting, we've just got this one high school and a house really um, mm-hmm. or two. Um, I thought it was very nice. I thought it was very good. So, I already said before we watched this that I have never watched the film before. This is the first time we both watched the film. But I knew who the killer was because it got spoiled in a documentary for... I'm pretty sure the documentary is Going to Pieces, which I don't know if you've watched that one, haven't you? No. Going to Pieces is like the greatest slasher documentary ever. You need to watch it. Okay. I mean, you live far away, but, you know, I'd lend you my DVD. But <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's the greatest, like, documentary on Slasher ever. It's the whole history of Slasher and stuff. And, unfortunately, like I said, it got spoiled for me in that. But, obviously, I was watching it to see if they gave away who it was earlier on as well. And I was watching, like I said, behind the DJ box to see if you'd be there, what was happening. 
So obviously after it happened, you got bashed in the head, you had the eye looks, he's there going outside the school like, oh, my head hurts. And then basically falls to the ground, blood coming out of his eye, and then the mask is taken off just to reveal who the killer is. Who is it? Who is it? It's poor Alex. It's, it's Alex, a, the it's, brother. It's Robin's twin, which I thought, I get it, I get, I get the premise of why it's happened. Um, you know, why he's a killer and, you know, they, they kind of make a little bit in his, his I want to say dying breaths. Are we guessing he died? It kind of got left on a bit of a oh, this all this terrible things happened let's just leave I mean, the film he here. did take an axe to the head, whether it was the actual blade part, I'm pretty or sure it, it just like looked the... like the wood part. Yeah. It looked like the wood part, but I assume they wanted to go with the blade part. Yeah. yeah. So let's Let's go into the assumption that he has died. He was a very sympathetic killer. You know, he's lost his twin. Also, another thing for the wardrobe department, how do we make these two child actors that look nothing like each other twins matching T-shirts? They were both wearing the matching clothes right at the thing beginning. Thing one and thing two. But literally. And although at the beginning of the film, we think that Alex has, you know, left Robin to be, you know, you get in trouble, carry on. He actually goes back and ends up seeing uh, poor Robin falling out mm. the window. Yeah, which early on you just see that shadow coming up, but you don't know who it is at that point. Exactly. You're thinking obviously that's going to be um, maybe the guy who got locked away or something like that, and that's why he gets accused of it. But Yeah, and I think... So when I, when I was talking before about scenes that were taken out, which I appreciated had been taken out, there, there had been a scene earlier in the film where... Um, the dad had taken the mum to see um, a doctor. Um, obviously, she was suffering quite badly from you know, her grief at this time um, with the anniversary coming round of Robin's death. And it had been mentioned then that Alex and Robin were twins, which if you hadn't worked out already and had been given that information in the film, I feel like that kind of would have given the way the killer pretty early on. And I'm, kind of, I'm glad for that reason why it was taken out. Um, because I really liked that sort of, you know, family relationship um, of, 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 like, him and um, Alex. He was quite a, a, a protective brother, obviously, in those circumstances. He does jump in and beat up Lou um, and gets taken into the principal's office. To. He tries to. <laughs> also, one of my favourite things, like, like, it's like a gaff at that point, is... Oh, I hate him so much. Um, is that um, when they fight, they start to fight. It obviously seemed real enough that Jamie Lee Curtis shouts out the actor's name of Michael rather than Alex at the time. So you first hear her shout Michael and then she goes, Alex, oh God, Alex, no. And then it's like, oh, there you go. But I mean, he tried, he tried. And there's only so much a little brother can do to look after his older sister. But also a kind of, I don't know. Unless you're just still in Halloween mode. Yeah, true, Mike. <laughs> um, I'll let you. I I can talk very passionately about the ending and how I would possibly rewrite it. But I enjoyed the ending, but I I think it could have been better. Um, so I'll let you kind of have your your thoughts on the ending first. Yeah, I think again, it was just kind of a, a weak ending, wasn't it? I mean, the um, the final girl moment where she just hits her over there again. It's similar to Halloween, where she stands up to the killer and fights her, which is why obviously Jamie Lee is one of the iconic final girls like she'll stand up to the killer she's strengthened up she's she's wielded the axe and swung it at him and done it but it all of a sudden it just ended abruptly like i said he went outside unmasked she held him cried a little bit and then um and that was it really i don't know really what else 
I could have expected. I already knew it was him, so I wasn't waiting for like a final twist or anything like that. But I don't know. Maybe going out in a blaze of glory by gunfire maybe would have been a little bit better if she had a gun. But so, it was just a bit weak with the axe just going, oh, yeah, and I've got you there. They're looking at each other. Okay, now I'm just going to waddle outside. Just so. I think, the so what I was going to say is that I think the whole scene where it was just Kim, Alex and Nick, Nick's injured on the floor, you know, so on and so forth. That scene... You could have extended the story slightly along where before they swung before Kim swung the axe, the killer was like, Tell her what you did and then Nick was then forced to confess, obviously, to Kim that he that he had, had witnessed and didn't do anything to Robin's death. Which I kind of think because that kind of just got like did 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 Kim ever find out? Did they end mm-hmm. did they end up working it out? And I kinda of would have just liked that. Um and then obviously, you know, he ended up waddling out and collapsing on the floor. In that, that's maybe that little scene I would add in. Um, other than that, I kind of would have like like another like crazy idea is maybe the whole family knew. Maybe maybe Alex had told them and they were all in on it. That's why the dad had disappeared for a little bit because he couldn't be felt. You know, he didn't want to be seen liable for the situation. Um, you know, he. Uh, and Kim sort of just knew that this was going to happen, which is why she became friends with them and, you know, ends up dating one of them. Just kind of, but that's me kind of thinking in modern history terms of that's what mm. we would expect of a horror hit film these days. Obviously. Yeah, you, need, you needed the closure to obviously be like, well, this is why the killer was doing it. I know we know, but does she know? I mean, she just killed her brother for basically no reason. Yeah, exactly. She just <laughs> acted in her eyes. She just accidentally killed her brother. Like, for all she knew, he he hadn't done any. He, she didn't know he had killed those other people. She just knew that he had was there in that instance. So, yeah, it kind of left me wanting more. And then the second prom night is not even related to this one. It's or the complete, third one. I think two and th- two and three relate to each other. Some, I think, basically a ghost supernatural kind of thing in number three, I believe. So I think some girl called Mary Lou dies, and then. In number three, her ghosts, like some shit like that. I don't know. I was just reading about them a little bit. And then, like I said, Prom Night 2008 is completely different. I think the only thing is it happens on prom. I mean, so, so does Carrie make that Prom Night minus one? Does um, So when I was reading through some of the information around it, it was saying that there's four Prom Night films. And the only thing they all have in common is that it's the same school. Is it the same school okay. in the 2008 one? Or is there another one that we don't know about? <laughs> I have no idea, actually. Um, like I said, I just out. read a, I just read a little bit about the uh, the two thousand and eight one, um, just to see if the story was the same. To see, like I said, whether it would be the brother again or who was playing the brother or how it was done in this one. But like I said, it was just done in that way where this guy was stalking her and then came back, obviously, kill her again. But um, it doesn't actually say from where I'm looking at. Uh, it just says high school freshman. So maybe, I don't know, it doesn't actually tell me on Wikipedia. But maybe, like I said, maybe that's, maybe that's the only thing. But geez, you don't want to go to that school then if it's like a, a link between them all, is it really? But, yeah, literally. You know, because just from like two and three, I don't, we haven't watched them. Maybe we will when we run out of films and we're like, oh, if we have to. Um, <laughs> we have to. Do they reference number one? It's literally that's just a school, apparently. It's just the school. That's it's the, just the, named Alexander Hamilton High School. 
just break into song my name is Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the only, that's the only carrying that's on of peace. Um, so yeah, I think it was it was it was a positive experience. A positive experience. I enjoyed the film. Um, I definitely would watch it again. Just you know, it just it's that sort of it's that bridge between late 70s to early 80s you can kind of see the 80s aspects kind of slowly coming in but there's also mm-hmm. still the stylizing of a 70s you know the way they dress and things like that um so yeah i enjoyed it it was it was nice and i uh it was nice to sort of one of my favorite things is trying to work out who the killer is that's like the best bit of a whole f- and if you guess it straight away then you're just a bit like i am so smart it doesn't matter if it's bad. I am so like, written smart. Bad. I am so smart. I guess that straight away. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that makes me scrutinise films too much, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know we're not going to talk about it, but um, we watched a film very, very... We recently watched a film, and I guessed the killer straight away, and I was just like... Okay, let's see how they do it, because I'm pretty sure this is the killer, and that's what happened. Um, so, I think, I don't know, I think maybe I'm just getting too old. Um, I think maybe the film <laughs> degree helps as well, I don't know. Uh, but I think with the film with the film studies and the way that we do as, as, as film critics and film lovers, we tend to scrutinise a film rather than just going to watch it. I mean, sometimes I wish I was, I'm going to sound like horrible here, I wish I was dumb. I just go and enjoy a film just just for just for no reason. Like I wish I could just go and enjoy Wrong Turn. Nobody enjoys Wrong Turn. It's an awful film, but you know. You just I'm go just going to clarify. Right. That's not Jamie insinuating that anyone is dumb if they just enjoy films. He, no. I think what you're trying to say is you don't. No, have to... I, can, I can guess everything that's going to happen, or I have to critique every little bit. Like, I'm, like, like I'm watching and going, oh, this should have been there, or that should have been that. Or what's he doing? Where I watch, he's a pirate kind of thing. In Pirates of the <laughs> Caribbean. Think... But... It's like you said before. It's because we are we are film fans, and also you do have like a you have an education in film, which kind of helps along that way, but also hinders you. You know, it's a curse. It's a curse to have mm-hmm. such knowledge. Um, and also the wrong term films. Sometimes <laughs> you just you know they're just those types of films. I think one of the things that I kind of found is that the horror community is really good for having comfort films in very strange kinds of films. So like. It was it was a trend going round. Yeah, we know Silent Hill. Shut up! I love Silent Hill. If I have a bad week, it is Silent Hill, Silent Hill Revelations, back to back, back to back, and I don't even care. I will live tweet it as I watch it, and it will be the same tweets every time. Well. <laughs> I think that's one thing I need to. What what do I have? I'm different. Like I I love horror. Like horror. Like slash is my favorite genre of all time. But yeah. I'd just stick on Mamma Mia. Oh no. No. <laughs> see, one of my main like forget Silent Hill Bone Collector with Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie is like Chef's Kiss. It's a great film. I watched that when I'm real when I'm real sad. That or Whitney Houston The Bodyguard. That's another one. There you Make go. You That's a bit more. That's a, yeah, just, just a bit more. That's a bit more of a like a standard response of like, "What's your comfort film?" Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so with Promite then, um, yeah, yeah, she is with her um, her accent, her flowers. I mean, I love the tagline as well. Someone will be crowned. Others will lose their heads. There it is. There's that head. 
Um, I mean, that's kind of a spoiler because that looks like a poster, but there you go. Um, so what would you give? I don't, I don't know how you want to start rating these. You want to do it out of five, out of ten? Let's do out, out of five. Of out of five? Out of five. I feel ten's too much. There's too okay. much give. And five's a bit more concise. I'll let you go okay. first because I've spoken a lot this episode. <laughs> I would say a solid three. I mean, I don't think it's got enough of, about it to be a four. Um, but in regards to the story, the way it has four slasher movies, I mean, because some of it, again, like I said, was just a bit like, uh, like again, there's, there's so much parts I could critique, like, why is she friends with these people? Well, I mean, why why is she doing this kind of thing? Like I said, the ending was kind of a bit fast. Um, the killer, I mean, there wasn't, I mean, granted, yeah, his, his sister died, but there wasn't really a lot of motive to say, like, why he did it. He wasn't tormented throughout. He was always happy and go lucky throughout the whole film. He's just like, yeah, I love my life. Hi, sister, I love you. I'm going to fight for you. He was never sad or, like, tormented throughout the whole film. So that kind of, like, came out of nowhere as well. And then, yeah, so I'm going to say a solid three. Okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll agree with that. I was gonna, I was gonna say three point five, like for for me, like I think it is roundabout that sort of midway thing. You know, it it did you're the three, job. Three point five. That's still out of ten, then, really, isn't it? I mean, oh, I'm so five, feel like that. <laughs> I really, I feel, really, I can't be harsh. I can't be harsh because I know the time and effort goes into into film. So yeah. So yeah, around the, the mid mark, I would definitely say that. I think um, you know, for what it did for for the for the slasher genre, you know, you can't go wrong with um, with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. And uh, you know, like I said, the 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 effects were really good. Um, I know that some of the action shots were quite quick, especially with like the uh, the beheading sort of area. But you know, the stabbing and the the back the back of the van, great, some great kills. That's all you want, isn't it, from these types of films? You want to see how people die. That sounds really morbid, but it's just yeah. why else would you watch these films? I know they talk a lot about it in the eighties with all the um because there's no CGI, they have to actually be creative with with their kills and stuff. And we forget as well, nineteen eighty also saw Friday the thirteenth in America as well, and this is like one of the start of these teen slasher films. It was definitely one of the um the first ones to do it. So you can't knock it for for what it did for the slasher genres, which is why I wanted to really watch it to see its early influences within the genre. So we say three out of five, three point five out of five for prom night nineteen eighty. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think that's all we have for our first episode. Do you want to tell us what we're gonna be doing in the next coming episodes? Yes. So our next episode in a fortnight will be another just chit chat episode, but our topic will be on horror tv so those tv series that we just like to watch to just get a little spooky um and what our favorites are and why they're our favorites and also what uh, especially in this current era we've got quite a few coming out and um, that's spinning off from um, films so what we think they're going to be like um and then our next uh, after that one our next reviewing uh, film will be uh, jamie's choice as he well, jamie's choice as he has already seen it um happy death day uh, i have not seen happy death day so this is a uh, jamie's challenge to me so that we can have him be the mastermind um and, uh, be the mastermind. <laughs> you can be the mastermind and then i will uh give my honest reviews because i'm not gonna lie there's a reason why i haven't watched it so far so yeah there's a reason why you haven't watched it okay i'm sure we'll, we'll go over it in four weeks time i'm sure and maybe a little bit here 
in the next two weeks. But I really enjoyed Happy Death Day. It's one of the most recent because it's got a lot of comedy elements into it as well. And I really liked the director, Chris Landon, as well. He also did, obviously, Happy Death Day 2 and then Freaky as well, which is a great film. If you've seen Freaky, same director. That's a good film as well. But they've always got these comedy elements in it. And it, I absolutely love it. It's Groundhog Day, basically, isn't it? But we will go into it a different time. <laughs> but thank you, everybody, for listening to us. I hope you enjoyed this episode. There's more to come as well. You can always follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bloody Brilliant Podcast. If you're watching, it's down here. There you go. Uh, so make sure you can follow us. We'll always have stuff on there. You can always, I was about to say, tweet us. You can't. We don't have Twitter. Maybe at some point we'll have Twitter. By the time we have an episode, we might have Twitter. It's probably going to be at Bloody Brilliant Podcast. Just type it in anywhere. You might find us. But we definitely have Instagram and Facebook. So message yes. us if you want to um, tell us how much you enjoyed it, how much you hated it, if you agree with our views, if you disagree with our views, if you you want us to review a film um, or anything, just just let us know and we, we can happily interact with you and tell you how wrong you are. But um, <laughs> that's basically this episode. So thank you very much. Thank you.